Pastor Edwin Colon, will you please say hi to us? Good morning. Pastor Edwin, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for being with us at Emmanuel today. So grateful. Not, to yeah, not your first time being with us, but first time being with us on this funny thing we call Zoom. Um, so glad you're here. Um, now, Pastor Edwin, uh, many of us know you at least a little bit because you, you preached uh, for us just, uh, I don't know, like six months ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, Pastor Edwin, tell us a little bit about uh, Recovery House of Worship, the church that you lead. Tell us a little bit about what you see God doing, doing there in this, in this funny time. Yeah, so um, the Recovery House of Worship is a beautiful church that reaches out to the marginalized, the addicted, the poor, the, um, the left behind. And uh, we serve them uh, not only practically with like food and shelter and clothing, but also with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what's been happening is um, need has increased. The face of the poor look different now um, because so many people have been out of work and so many people are in need and some people who are on the brink, this has not been, uh, this, this season, uh, this COVID season has not been kind to them. So uh, we've been able to feed more hungry, clothe, we, we, we say it like this, we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, house the homeless, counsel the bereaved, send to detox the addicted, and give and now a new thing that we're doing is giving showers uh, to those who need it because you know places are closed and so we've been able to do that exponentially more than we have in the past because the need is becoming so great so um, yeah the recovery house of worship hasn't, hasn't worship hasn't stopped um, doing uh, the work of the Lord and uh, it's just really exciting how he's uh, used us during uh, this season it's been beautiful actually wow that's that's amazing to hear. How, how have your people, I mean, that's a, an enormous amount of, I mean, it's so exciting that there's more opportunity to serve. Mm -hmm. um, has that been, and I, I don't, we weren't planning on me asking this, but how, how have you all been holding up? I mean, the, 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 the challenge of a mag, the, ministry, the magnitude of that ministry must be challenging. Yeah, so every, it, it's funny. I was having a conversation with another pastor and he was like, how are you doing? I was, like, I was like, I feel like this every week in ministry. <laughs> COVID is not, <laughs> we beg Jesus to provide provision every day, every week. That nothing changed. Wow. We didn't have any money before COVID. We don't have any money during COVID. We won't have any money after COVID. Nothing has changed. We beg Jesus to provide what we need. And we assume that if he provides for it, then we could, we've been given the privilege to do mm -hmm. it. And if he doesn't provide for it, then we've been uh, given the privilege to wait on the Lord mm. and wait for his provision for his people. And mm. so um, it's been a, a real, uh, just an extension of what the ministry has been like for the last 20 years, just staying on our face, relying on Jesus. And uh, he's done a miraculous, miraculous, like really impossible things. And so we're super grateful about that. Yeah, that's amazing. Pastor Lund, it, it if somebody on this call was like, hey, I want to, I want to, I want to be part of that. I want to help. I want to, can, can, is there, can we give? Can we, can we, can we serve? Is there, is there anything that comes up for you that we could, that, 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 that somebody on this call that the Lord's tugging on their hearts um, that, that, that they might be able to get involved? Absolutely. The person that we have running the volunteers right now, Zach Martin at rhowbk.com 
org. If you email uh, Zach Martin okay. at uh, rhbk.org, you can um, volunteer. And if you want to donate, you can send it to uh, by check or money order to 360 Skimmerhorn. You can do a Zelly or PayPal to info at rhbk.org. Or you can just go on our website, hit the donation tab or the gen, gen, right donation tab. Uh, and then uh, the page comes up, hit the next donation tab, and then the page comes up, and then you can give. We make it as difficult as possible for people to give. Yeah. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, thank you. We're really committed to give. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, if you're listening to this and, and, and the Lord's moving you uh, to, to, to serve um, uh, uh, with and at Recovery House of Worship, respond to that and there, there's some information in the chat function uh, about how you can do that pastor Cologne, what do you what's something that you see god doing perhaps even more broadly uh in the city or just what what, what do you think god's what, what's god up to right now yeah i i see god doing like this is not a bad time this is like in a glorious powerful time now sometimes i speak um uh, i don't speak right um so of course, this is a difficult time. And of course, many people are going through a lot of pain and suffering and difficulty being separated from their grandparents, um, you know, uh, their family members uh, being sick and all that other stuff. But God is doing some glorious, glorious things. I think, A, he's uh, raising an awareness of mm. systemic and racial injustice. And he's doing it in a very unforgettable way, which is powerful. Yeah. I think it's going to scar us in a good way, in a mm. really good way. Um, secondly, he is um, making an openness to the gospel like you can't imagine. Just to, listen, a guy walked into, by mistake, he walked into the church. He was looking for something on the wrong day. He was on 150 milligrams of meth. After two hours, I spoke with him for about two hours. We shared, he gave his life to Christ. He's been drug free now for I think 29 days or so. And in other words, God is using this time to take people who you and I would qualify as hopeless, never going to turn to Christ and, and stripping away their idols so that they might come to him. So that's glory. So God is drawing people to himself. He's making us aware of our sin in terms of systemic and racial injustice. And he's giving us a heart to look at things that we have never thought about. So uh, it's been glorious in that way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How can we, how, how can we pray? Okay. So clearly pray for our city, clearly pray for our church, for, um, for open uh, communication and for people to be open to the gospel. You can, if I can just ask for a personal prayer, uh, our house has been under construction for the last, because we got termites. It's a long story. Termites, we were eating at our house for 20 years. We thought we had to replace 13 beams. It wound up being 48 beams. Mm. It's impossible. So my family has had to move uh, three times in the last uh, five months during the COVID uh, thing, just kind of couch hopping. And uh, just praying, A, for resources, um, and uh, to be able to finish the work uh, in the house and be for grace to have joy uh, during this time. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. Friends, add those things to your prayer. Let's, let's, let's pray right now. Father in heaven, we honor you and we bless you for what you're doing at Recovery House of Worship. Father, we rejoice that in the midst of this um, terribly difficult time, in the midst of 
uh, uh, grinding and crisis type experience. Nevertheless, you're working and you're working um, in, in, in powerful, powerful ways. Father, we rejoice that people are coming to know Jesus Christ and being liberated from addictions. Father, will you strengthen and empower everyone who is involved at Recovery House of Worship? We thank you for their witness. We thank you uh, for the way they, um, they are honoring you and obeying you. Uh, and we ask that you would strengthen them, encourage them, uh, keep pouring out your grace upon them. Father, will you uh, strengthen and renew uh, Pastor Edwin and his family? And Father, we ask for his house. Lord, will you bring all the resources required uh, to get that house uh, renovated, fixed, and then back in there? Lord, um, whatever needs to happen, whether it's money, whether it's uh, resources and skill, skilled labor, whatever, whatever is required, uh, get it done. Um, and we ask um, that you will remove all obstacles to the flourishing of their family and the flourishing of the ministry there. We thank you for our partnership in the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, let's uh, uh, read the Bible, and then uh, Pastor Edwin's going to preach for us. Lydia, will you read uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 1, beginning of verse 11? Okay. So our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 18. Verse 11, what to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am wary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wood. Wool. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pastor Edwin, will you uh, join us and, and, and bring the Lord's word? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Jim. I'm super duper honored. Um, so, all right. Sometimes, sometimes in life, you, if you want to save a relationship, you have to have the hard conversation. Like sometimes, it, I, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. I, my wife, who's now my best friend, we've been together for 29 years. And around, I want to say it was, oh, I don't know, say 11, 12 years ago, my wife came up to me and had one of those conversations. She said, um, I want a divorce. I no longer want to be in this relationship. And she was so hurt. And she shared that with me. Now, the, the crazy thing about that conversation is that I thought everything was fine. 
I thought everything was all good. I was like, where? Did, I just felt like blindsided by it. But there was a way that I was behaving. There was a way that I was speaking. There was a way that I was responding to her that was hurting her. And it had been for a long time. And because she loved the relationship so much, because she loved uh, me so much, she gave me one of the hardest conversations that I've ever had in my entire life. I think that all of us will, if we're in, like there are certain relationships where you just kind of almost demand that, right? Like you want that with your doctor. You don't want, like if you have too much sugar, you don't want your doctor to tell you, hey man, you know, everything is going fine, you know, have another box of Krispy Kremes, you know, right? Like we, we, we don't want that from our doctor. We want our doctor to tell us the truth, even if the truth is painful, even if what they're, and we go, oh, but I, I, don't, I don't think that way. I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. No, 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 really. The cholesterol is way high. The sugar's way high. You know, we, we want our doctors to think that way. Now let me ask, or to speak that way. We want our lawyers to speak this way. Now, we want our deep relationships to speak that way but could you, would you imagine, could it be possible that God wants to speak to us sometimes in that way? That he wants to say hard things for the sake of the relationship. That there are things that we believe, that there are things that we do that are so deeply harming us that we, um, he needs to shake us up. He needs to have those, hey man, we're close to a divorce here. Don't, don't, uh, don't ignore this. So we have one of these moments in what we just read. And of course it was in Isaiah uh, chapter one in the very beginning. Imagine, this is how Isaiah opens his book. He goes, oh man, I have a killer introduction <laughs> for my book that people are gonna read for like millennia. You're going to love it. And he goes, and here's how it starts. You read it. You just read it, but you, you have to hear it again. He goes, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? Think about that. And then jump down to uh, verse 13. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. Pause. Let's just go. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from the Lord. This is from the Lord. Okay, what else did the Lord, you know, surely there's some good news here. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know your holidays, your new moons and your, here he goes, in, at the middle of 13. Yeah, you, convocations, I can't bear it anymore. Your worthless assemblies. Your new moon festivals, your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I, I hate with all my being. Now, the reason that you haven't cut off uh, uh, this Zoom thing, and the reason you haven't said, oh yeah, forget this, is because you're not Jewish living in the first century. I mean, literally, could you imagine? If God, I, and I preach this to my uh, congregation and I'm not nearly gonna preach it the way I did to my congregation. I'm gonna do it with a lot more grace with you guys, because I love you guys and it's a new relationship and I want us to like each other. And so we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna smooth. But um, seriously, God like opens up, if God came up to us right now and he said, and, and you guys have like names for the different, like this, um, this, this liturgy that you do. Um, and you have names for it. He goes, imagine if God said, yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your corporate prayer is abhorrent to me. 
your liturgy makes me want to throw up. You know, you know your call and response? Yeah, yeah. It's like chalkboard. Uh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. You go, whoa, no, that can't be weird. It's, no, no, no. You, you've missed something really important. You've missed something really important. He goes on and he says, I, oh, when it comes to prayer, like, go ahead. Oh, you know, when you spread out your hands and pray, like, you, you know how, like, we just like did several prayers and all, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, he literally says, I'm not listening. Like, it's really, like, I'm trying to be uh, cute to, to, to sort of buffer this thing. I wonder if I should be. It's, it's really, really. Imagine for a second that God uses the name that's written on your Zoom call. And he says, yeah, your worship of me is gross. There's something wrong here. Like, imagine if God started having that conversation with you. When my wife had the conversation with me, my first response was, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. I did not know. Please tell me what went wrong here. Tell me what I need to. And I hope that that's your heart as you hear this. Like, I hope you don't hear this as something that was shared with uh, a group of religious people removed by 2,000 years and several thousand miles. I hope you don't hear it that way. I hope that you hear this word that God is sharing to Emmanuel. And now you go, this is not to Emmanuel. This is not to the Recovery House of Worship. This is not to the New York Church. This is not, this is for them. We're the good guys. We're the good guys. And God is going, okay, listen, listen, listen. Here's, here's my reasoning. Here's his reasoning. He goes, so, all right, well, before I, so there's two parts to this, right? First, God is talking about their worship and the problem with their worship, and let's just say it uh, out loud. The problem with their worship is that they weren't worshiping God for God. They were worshiping God for them. Do you know what I mean when I say worshiping God for them, not God for God? Okay, so here's like, here's this, right? Sometimes, and I see all these beautiful families, so I have to curb the way I talk. Um, but sometimes I, um, I am kind to my wife for a reward. I am not kind to my wife because I love my wife. I'm kind to my wife because I want a reward in return. Does that make sense? And so I know that I worship God to ease my conscience, to relieve me of my guilt, to, to, uh, just remove that sort of, that low grade shame that I walk with. It, it's good because I worship God so that he could give me what I want. Freedom from guilt, following tradition, moving away from shame. In other words, I use God to run from God. I use God and I go through rituals and I go through a service. I just had a service downstairs. We have, uh, you know, 
we're doing this thing. And, and I'm telling you, I've used him to run from him. I read the Bible so that he doesn't deal with the deep things in my heart, those deep, those, those pride issues, those issues of selfishness and self-centeredness, those issues of only caring for my tribe and not caring for the poor. I mean, caring for the poor, but not in a sacrificial way. I, I, I literally have things that I do, and I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about you anymore. I literally, I have events so that I don't, I have events so that I defend myself against God's accusations. So I walk down the street, there's a homeless, hungry guy, and I buy him food, and I sit with him, and I take my time. And I do that as an event, because it's not a habit in my life. And I don't want God, I want to defend, so that three weeks later, when, or three months, or God forbid, three years later, when God says, you don't care about the poor, I go, no, God, remember 2017, 2017, remember? I sat in the park. I, I, right? I bought, the, I bought the pizza. You remember this, right, God? I'm, I'm one of the good guys. And God is like, no, 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 no. It's a stench. So there's a way to worship God to avoid God. And I want, I want so bad, I want so bad, especially for those of you who are uh, offended, and especially for those of you who I want so bad for you to realize that this is an invitation to intimacy. When my wife shared with me what she shared with me, it was an invitation to intimacy. And I could, I could have at that moment go, that's it, nah, man, you think I'm bad? Wait, wait, you, this, and that, and the third, and we can go, yeah, but God, what about you? And God, what about this? And what about that? So no, 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 shh. It's an invitation to intimacy. Isaiah chapter one is an invitation to intimacy and it's an invitation to intimacy to get at the heart of our relationship with Jesus. So he goes, hey, there's this way that you worship that's an offense. Then he moves on and he says, oh yeah, here's what I want you to do. So there's a, there's a believing aspect and then there's a behaving aspect. Does that make sense? That there's a belief, that there's a way to approach God with all the right rituals and all the right um, information that is abhorrent to God. And then there's a way to worship God that's true and good and right, that makes us servants and slaves to his will, that makes us children who can't wait to hear what the Father has to say and willing to be obedient to whatever he has to say. And then he goes and he says eight things. And... I, you know, I know I was telling the, the, the team before we all got here, I was telling that uh, Zoom services are done in dog years, right? So if I had 30 minutes to preach to you while we were live, I got like 10, you know, like, you, you know, it's all that we can uh, do, right? But, but I, so there's eight things. We're not going to do all eight things, okay? So uh, you can be relieved. But he says, wash, take, Learn, uh, seek, defend, um, take up the cause, uh, plead the case, and I missed one. Okay, so that, but there's eight there, right? So it's wash and make yourselves clean, 
So you see this between 16 and uh, 17. Wash and make yourself clean. Take up your evil deeds uh, out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. That's the one I missed. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the cause of the widow. That's so let's start with the first one. Okay. So, okay. So there's this way that we can believe. So basically the big idea, and you know this, I only preach one big idea um, when I preach. And so um, believing in God rightly leads to rightly behaving for God. Believing in God rightly leads to rightly behaving for God. In other words, right worship leads to right service or right responses. So here's what I mean. If your, if your finances are exactly the same way they were when before you got with Christ, as they are now that you are in Christ, something's wrong. If you take vacations the way you did before you got in Christ and after, something's wrong. In other words, worshiping Jesus affects our resources. It affects the way we do holiday. It affects the way we respond to others. It affects the way we do marriage. It affects the way we raise our children. It affects our comfort level. It, there is something about Jesus that turns our life around. So let's look at just wash. Okay, so what? Washes are just a call to repentance. It makes us, it reminds us of baptism. Wash, wash. Listen, here's a God who laid down his life so you could have intimate relationship and be his hands and his feet to this broken world. So I know everything should be easy and comfortable. For a God who went that far, his people should be relaxed and and and. And if they're inconvenienced, like asked to serve in a particular area, that, listen, they should check their schedules first. I know, I know, because Jesus, he died for us. He didn't want to inconvenience us. That would be wrong. And, and, and you see how absurd that is, even at, this, at, at, at the breath of it. He says, he goes, here's an idea. Repent. Repent. Go ahead and say, and, and, and here's a way you can repent. You can just go to God. Here's the truth about me, God. The truth about me is when I see a homeless person, I look down on them. I don't think of the fact that I was homeless without God. I did not have a home in heaven. I did not have a place that God would say, enter into. Never mind that. No, 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 no. They're homeless. They're beneath me. No. They're a reflect. When you see the homeless, I want you to see a reflection of your state before you came to Christ. When you see uh, a person in addiction and you go, oh my gosh, that's disgusting. I'm never going to help anybody in addiction. You go, no, 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 no. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? There are idols that you run to rather than Jesus. They have something that they run to rather than Jesus for their pleasure, satisfaction, joy, and um. And, and, and comfort for their lives. We have things that we run to. Some of us, it's our job. We just get our identity from our job. And if we're doing good in our job, life is good. For some of us, it's a good thing like a spouse. And if our spouse, right, a happy wife, happy life. And, and we just go, oh yeah, that's, that's, what it's, that's what it is. And God goes, no, 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 you're running to the wrong thing. You're running to the wrong thing. 
He says, wash, repent. When you see a hungry person, this, this person is an illustrator. When you see them, I just, would you buy me some food? Just, oh my gosh. They are begging me for sustenance like I don't beg for God for sustenance. They are hungering for food like I don't hunger for manna, spiritual manna from the Lord. They are begging me for bread like I don't ask Jesus for bread. The bread of life. You see? You see? So when he says, take your evil deeds out of my sight, stop doing wrong, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take the cause of the fatherless, plead the widow, plead the case of the widow. You see what he's doing is he's asking you to recognize that others are literally in the same state that you're in. They're just illustrating for you where you are with Christ. And so if that's the case, then believing rightly should, believe, should lead to behaving rightly. You see, it's no longer we're the good guys and we need to help out the bad guys. So every three months, it's on my schedule. Look, 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 it's on my schedule. Every three months I go to the homeless shelter. Isn't that cool? Every, oh, look, 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 I gave to the recovery house of worship. Isn't that great? Those guys are doing such great stuff. It's absurd. No. It's not that. You know what it is? It's going, God, today, my life is yours. My life is yours. I do what you will. Lead me in any way. Give me wisdom to know how to apply what we just heard. And, and he does. It's going to take a dependence on the spirit. And so we, and this will help to avoid us from political extremes, because we're spirit-led. This will help to avoid us from uh, a hobby horse. Like this will help to make us people who are always looking out to relieve the suffering of others. Now, for some of you, you go, nope, nope. It's not, not what we're saying. This, this is not what this is. And I guess we're running out of time, so I, I just want to say this. Um, Beloved, would you just pray? And here's a prayer for you. It was in your readings today. The prayer is found in Psalm 86, verse 11. We read it and we just, we, it's so easy to read God's word and never be confronted by it. Here, would you just do this? Verse 11 says, teach me your way. Teach me your way. Would you let that be your prayer? Teach me your way. Your way with my resources, your way with my finances, your way with the homeless guy downstairs, your way with the addicted uh, guy on the train who's um, always talking about, you know, he's been talking about getting uh, uh, money for his sick child for the last, you know, two years, right? And he's not getting money for his sick kid. And, and by the way, if we're serious about justice, I... Personally, you could do whatever you want. I don't give resources to guys who I think are going to use it for alcohol or drugs. You know why? Because then they might uh, overdose on my dime. So you know what I do? 
I go, I, I give resources, but only if they let me talk to them and go, here's a place. Hey, listen, there's a homeless shelter over here. Let me take you to it. Can I help you? Is there any way that I can serve you? Here's a meal. I'm going to buy you a meal. But in other words, I'm going to invest my life. And I don't care if people lie to me. And I don't care if, I hate to make myself the illustration because I'm the worst person in this room. You got to understand that I'm the worst person in this room. But we don't care if, if they're lying to us. All we care about is being people who follow the spirit of God so that God is seen in our very broken, very hurt world. God literally says towards, um, well, it says in 18, he says, come, let us settle this matter. You know, if you're debating God with God right now, God literally invites you into a debate. He goes, let's, let's debate about it. That's literally the word that he uses. He goes, let's argue. He literally says that. He uses a, a, a legal term. Let's argue about this. Let's debate about this. You don't feel, great. You don't feel, hey, go back to verse 11 in Psalm 86. Lord, teach me your way. And then, and then listen to the rest of the verse. That I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. So that we are not people who long desperately to gather together on a Sunday service, but refuse in an abject way to gather to serve those who could never repay us. My prayer, and, and by the way, you do know. You do know that God wouldn't have this conversation with you if he didn't love you. You do know that God wouldn't bring this up if he wasn't like crazy about you. You do know that the only way you get washed is by Jesus being pummeled to show that your washing comes at his sacrifice. You see, Jesus saw a bunch of homeless, broken, destitute people. And he gives his blood and his life so that they might be free. Beloved, you have the same opportunity to lay down your life for the sake of others. And a God who loves you and would never turn his back on you decided that he would put this in his eternal book so that you don't miss it. Your believing should lead to a behaving that honors Jesus. I pray that that's true for you guys, and I pray it's true for me. So I would ask this one thing. What's going to be different? Like after this sermon, are you going to be like, well, psh, that was a waste of time. Or maybe you go like, or maybe you'll be like others. You'll be like weeping and you'll think, oh yeah, the tears, that was my response. No. God, okay, so my money is my money. I've been doing it that way. God, my money's now your money. My holidays, my vacations, my kids, where we live, how we live, the extravagance, the level that we live at. God, it's all yours. Teach me how to use the resources, the energies, the mind, the talents, the, the desires, teach me how to use that for your glory and for the good of others. In other words, teach me your way. Let me pray for you.
God, I so need this. I so need to be reminded that I totally will get by on reading your word just to make a, just to check off something on a list, just so I could make myself feel better, literally using you to defend myself from you. Lord, make it so that my heart is broken. That when I see things that break your heart, that they would break my heart. That when I look outside, I wouldn't look for events that I could do like one time offers to you, but that I would ask you rather to lead me to repentance, change my heart and be surrendered to you in every moment of my life. Make that so in me, Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hello, everyone. My name is Jim Saladin. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel Anglican Church. Uh, our church exists to see and describe and reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ for the flourishing of our city. And I hope this podcast encouraged you in that way towards Christ. If you're here in New York City, we'd love to see you. Please join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Generosity drives everything we do at Emmanuel. And if you'd like to contribute, please visit www.emmanuelanglicannyc.com give.